man, that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. All right. Hey, kids. Oh, my God, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get the scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And, oh, that was a little loud <laughs> there, Jeffrey. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> We've got a good episode for you today. We're going to be recapping a little bit on Star Wars, uh, something we talked about last week. Also, we're going to be talking about Clerks 3 a little bit and what the future holds for that. And a little bit later on the show, we're going to have Scott Markley, the creator of the comic series Unconscious, the Grim Sleeper, join us on the show. But first, let's get to recaps. Recaps! All right, first thing we have to report is uh, there's, there's been a few deaths in the celebrity world, uh, people who have inspired us in some way or another. Uh, first, Richard Attenborough died at age 90. I guess he had been in poor health for some time, and for those of you who don't know, he played John Hammond in the Jurassic Park movies. That was hard to hear. Was he only in the one, or was he in two, too? He was in the second one. Was he? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he was only in the beginning of the movie. I don't think he was in the whole thing, like, in the first one, but, uh... What a, he was old in that movie. I can't believe he made it to 90. Jeez. And what was that, 94? 94? Yeah. I mean, how many other movies has he been in? You know, I really don't know. Let me I see. know I've seen his face in a lot of older movies. That's what I was wondering. That's the only one I knew him from was Jurassic Park. Good old IMDb. There might be something that we've seen him in, just don't remember. Oh, wow. It goes all the way back to 1942 with uh, In Which We Serve. That's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful. Oh, duh! What? Man, he played the he played Santa Claus on Miracle on 34th Street. That's ah, why his face looks familiar. Yeah. I knew it. The original one? No. Okay. The remake in the yeah. 90s with uh, the little girl who played Matilda. Matilda, yeah. Was also in Mrs. Doubtfire. Give my beard a tug. Wow, she's had a few friends pass in the last couple weeks. Yeah, a whole list here. It says Dr. Doolittle, uh, Grey Owl, In Love and War, Hamlet, The original Dr. Doolittle? No. It looks like the last thing was something in 2007, Closing the Ring, which I'm not sure what that even is. But his character in Jurassic Park was one of my favorites. Just the act, uh, or just him playing, one, the entrepreneur, but also the loving grandfather who would give it all up for his grandkids. Mm, you know, that yeah. was... Uh, played a good role and I'm gonna miss him I think we all will I wonder if they're gonna try and bring him into the, the third or fourth fourth one that they're trying to do right 
Oh, I doubt it. They, uh, <laughs> he wasn't in the third one at all. Like, he was really sick in the second one, which is why no. I think, what was his name, Malcolm, that Jeff Goldblum played. Yeah, had to go yeah. over the, to his place to talk to him. But, um, so thank you, Richard Attenborough, for uh, all the great movies and memories. Thanks for being Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, didn't you say there was someone else who had passed? Uh, yeah, I think it was after we recorded last week. As it usually happens. Yeah, it doesn't always. Don Pardo passed away. The announcer for Saturday Night Live. He was the announcer for Jeopardy for a while, I think back in the 70s or 80s. Really? And I think he did some other stuff too. But yeah, he's the announcer for... Yeah, welcome to Saturday Night Live! Wow. Now, had he been doing that up until his death? Yeah, yep. So they're going to have a whole new voice on there for the yeah, first time. Yeah, it's going to change the whole tone of the show probably, too. Yeah. yeah. It always does. Yeah. Remember uh, years ago when, who was it? What's his name that was the announcer on The Price is Right? Uh, Rod. Rod Roddy? Yes. Yeah. When yep. he died and they got a new announcer. I mean, not that I sit and like watch Price is Right all the time, but you know, I wanted to hear the new voice. and it wasn't It's the not the same anyway. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Bob Barker's gone now, too. And, yeah, uh, Drew Carey's doing it. I like Drew Carey, but uh, I enjoyed Bob Barker more. Drew Carey's dry, very dry. He'd be like, come on up here, you're an idiot. Uh, we got this game to go, too, yeah. But yeah, Don Pardo passed away. Oh. I'm not sure how old he was, but he was he was pretty up there, too. Well, Don Pardo, also, thank you for lending your voice to... Uh, Saturday Night Live, you know, it's one of those things you never think, a voice you don't think about. Kind of like when Hal, Hal Douglas died, the movie announcer, you know, you never think oh, about yeah, yeah. that voice who's voicing the trailers, but... Uh, Don Pardo was the voice of late night TV and game shows, pretty much. He was just yeah. the voice. It's something you don't think about, but when it's gone, yeah. is when it hits you the hardest. Yep. So. Thank you, Don Pardo, for your contributions. Yes. Did you ever watch the Drew Carey show when it was Oh, on? yeah. Love, that, love show. that show. The last couple years fantastic. I missed because I was in the military and I wasn't able to watch it. But You didn't miss a thing. Really? Because the last few years, they took uh, a couple of the characters left. I know Kate left and Oswald? No. I th- or Lewis. One, a couple of them left and uh, they mm. replaced them with new characters and the show got so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was already ridiculous to an extent. Yeah. But um, Well, then they, he died or he got in a car wreck and they thought he was dead for a little bit. Right, and he was in heaven and... Uh, yeah. What was it? His brother and Mimi had were having a baby, and as he was going up to heaven, the baby was coming down, and they had some. It was ridiculous. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed the Drew Carey show, and that's one I've never seen come to a DVD or anything. I mean, I've seen like yeah. DVDs that have like five best of episodes, but I would definitely buy a season of that show. I don't even think, think it's on like Nick and Knight or anything. No, no. I don't think it was uh, critically acclaimed, but uh, I loved it. There was I remember an episode where they got their hands on the Batmobile from uh, Batman Forever. They were driving that around Cleveland, but I remember the premise of the episode, but it was a good show. I love the Drug Co. episode. Which oh, one? where they're like... Infiltrating the Drug Co. And they, all those like crazy creatures are running around the hallways like a half gorilla and a half unicorn. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when it got it. fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> I love that. What was it? They had to, They had Drew's dog. Like they had... Uh, yeah. He had bad eyes and they wanted to... Uh, they had like a new drug that could help it, help his dog out. But they were using him as like a lab rat. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to break in at night to get him out. They found all these like... 
wasn't there like a one-eyed like centaur or something or they had like Good a god there was like a cyclops in one room <laughs> yeah they had uh the clones remember the clones <laughs> that i don't remember it was ridiculous it was Good hilarious god. man it was so funny it was worth watching that one <laughs> it might be that, that last season or two that's responsible for it not being on DVD. <laughs> uh, Maybe. I'd still watch it, though. Give me the first couple seasons. Leave that last one out of there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move along here. Anautic uh, recaps. <laughs> <laughs> you had something on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Well, last week we had news that uh, they were going to release unedited of the well, the four, episode four, five, and six. That right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Man, calling it that screws me up now. Uh, Just say the original trilogy. Yeah, the original trilogy of Star Wars. They said that it was supposed to have released before Episode Seven comes out. Uh, before the new edition, all the new digital stuff was going to come out on Blu-ray. But that was a lie. Um, Why are you going lying to us, Jack? I didn't know. Uh, The I found this not too long after we had reported it. And it said there was a lot of rumors going around, but there's a, a reason why. And one of the reasons is Disney doesn't own A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi. Fox does. They own the distribution rights to the prequels. The rights to the movies will go to Lucasfilms and Disney in 2020, but Fox will retain the rights to Star Wars forever. So, you know, they could uh, they could probably put out the original trilogy about the same time and cash in on Disney's success. If yep. Star Wars will let them, or Fox will let them, they own the rights to Star Wars, the first one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Fox would release the original trilogy yeah, at yeah, the same time that. that Disney released, or around the same time they release Episode Seven. They could, they could make a small killing there. But okay. as long as George Lucas is alive, they're not willing to go against his wishes and release the Untouched Originals because Lucas doesn't want it. Oh, the stingy hell. bastard! Why is he holding it from us? It's his story. He wants it the way he wants it. I don't know. Uh, it's it's everyone's story at this point. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the blanking. What's that? The blanking. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> the blinking Ewoks. Hmm? I keep the, thinking about it. Oh, the blinking. They freak me out. Yeah. I'm gonna touch that boy's arm, and like you're just looking at the screen, like. <laughs> like, like get it the hell away from me get it away <laughs> like a Bob Newhart I'm not sure why you're uh, 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 talking on my sleeve or uh, uh, your eyes are blinking alright anyway enough of my Bob Newhart anything else on Star Wars no it's not gonna happen it sucks darn it alright <sighs> gotcha I got everybody's hopes up for nothing it happens. You like to no raise you up and then shoot you down. <laughs> Keeps us well grounded. Yeah. All right. Well, moving along. Uh, Jack, you had mentioned something to me. I don't remember if it was on the show or not about how you had read Kick-Ass 3 is not going to be made into a movie. Yeah. And um, I have found an article where uh, Chloe Grace Moretz says that she's done playing Hit Girl, sadly. Oh. I think I'm done with the character. Uh, Hit Girl is a very cool character, but I don't think there will be any more movies. And she goes on to blame uh, movie piracy for being the reason there's not going to be a third one. Not enough money made because yeah, the everyone second shared one wasn't it. profitable enough, and it was supposedly one of the most or the most pirated movie of 2013. Wow! Yeah, found that uh, a little crazy, but I can say I bought it. Damn it! Damn Napster! <laughs> what movie came out at the same time that one did? 
Let me see. It came out after what were the what were last summers? Last summer blockbusters. Thor. No, that wasn't really a blockbuster. I guess. Damn, I have Hmm. no idea what came. What did we watch last year? It was before the podcast started because that was October. The tumbleweed rolling across the desk here. I can't think of. uh... Iron Man three came out last year. Okay, yeah. And Thor. That's why we don't remember. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> wow, that's really. Oh my gosh. Time well, is flying. Judge over retaliation. <laughs> oh, that's why. That was, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that counts. But yeah, that it sucks to see that go. I was really looking forward to the third one. The second one wasn't fantastic. I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the first not one not was yet. definitely a lot better. I enjoyed the second one because I'm a kick-ass fan, but I can, I'm sure a lot of people just picked it the hell apart. So I'm sure it was just a fan movie. People, no one was like, "Oh, I got to see the second one." But if you really liked the first one, you enjoyed it, then more more than likely you're going to go see the second one. Yeah, I've I've also read somewhere Mark Millar has has uh, said that they haven't thought about doing a third one at all, or no no talks have been said. So it looks like the book's closed on this because if they do put it away for now by the time they ever decide well maybe we can redo it you know the, those kids will be too yeah. old and well at least hit girl she had purple hair and a mask on so you could kind of get any girl i was but. anxious to see her grown up in the hit girl <laughs> outfit i'll be honest <laughs> you dirty birdie well she she was looking good in the last one but she's still a little too young yeah three was where i was at but anyway that's all i have on that so don't wait up for a kick-ass three movie people all right, you had something on Spider-Man? Yes, there's a bonus disc in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Blu-ray called Something Sinister This Way Comes. And What's it, on that disc? Harry Potter. Uh, a couple of confirms of uh, the Sinister Six characters. Anyone in particular? The mask. It's not Chameleon. It's Mysterio. No. Uh, yeah, Mark, I think is Mark Webb, I think, was the, the director in commentary he talks about it and he does say that it is Mysterio son of a bitch yep it, man don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong I'm excited to have Mysterio over Chameleon but that mask really looked Chameleon it's not the big bubble yeah it's not a fish bowl <laughs> with two eyes on his cape oh yeah his I forgot shoulders. about that uh, the other one was the uh, I was watching YouTube trying to watch the end credits just to see that. You only see a glimpse of it real quick, and it is Craven Spear. The oh, little okay. cat eye thing. Yeah. Yeah, it ends up being Craven. That'll be good to see. Yeah. He's kind of like Spider Man's Bane almost. And he came forward to say who the, uh, the guy in the shadow is. They call him the gentleman. I guess he's been in, referred to in some of the comics. You he's, mean the guy in the shadow at the end of the first one? Wearing movie? the fedora. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that they were kind of going to go with him being Electro, but they end up changing their mind, and now he's known as the Gentleman. He had, I, I can't remember what the name is. They said it was real hard to understand, but he's the benefactor of the Sinister Six. Huh. He's the money man. Okay. And he also talked about, the director talked about the frozen head of Norman Osborn. They've got it cryogenically frozen, and they... In the background, you can see when they're walking around where you see the, like, vulture's wings and stuff. Sure. You can see it way in the background. There's a head in there. What? So I guess they're going to bring him back. Oh, my God. And rumor has it that they're going to bring him back possibly as the new ultimate Green Goblin. 
Oh. oh, from his head. Hey, listeners, can you can you hear my heart <laughs> splitting into two right now? Uh, I hate that goblin. The big monster. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean he he looks like the Incredible Hulk with pointed ears and yeah. like uh, like fins on his head or something. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I read that and I was like, oh come on, because I think that's the stupidest looking. Wait a minute, where'd you read that? <laughs> no, it's really it's. It's real. You didn't it get wasn't... that off of your website, did no, you? No, I don't go there. Okay. Not, not <laughs> MattDamon.com. All right. That's going to do it for recaps. Recap it! Joining us on the show today, we have Scott Markley, the creator of Unconscious, the Grim Sleeper. Thanks for being with us today, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's like deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. We had to stop for a second because of a little bit of a technical issue, but I got it figured out, and we're uh, we're progressing. So, all right, uh, let's jump into the part of the show where we talk about comics. Who would like to go first? Ooh, me again, me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Scott, go right ahead. So I recently picked up the first collection, the first five issues of Loki, Agent of Asgard, which okay. is Marvel's attempt at picking up on Tom Hiddleston's popularity and making him a good guy. I was wondering if that's what kind of was going on. From from what I can tell, that's it. Because they made him younger. They made him not weird looking. Has he got the little like headband with horns in it? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, it's a little headband with horns instead of the yeah. whole helmet thing going. Oh, really? And I got yeah. it because I had originally wanted to get my girlfriend the first issue of Suicide Squad, which came out, what, a month ago? Two months I couldn't tell you. Something like that. And, yeah, and like I went that. to the comic book store and they said, oh, it's sold out. But you can have this one, which is like it, but Marvel. And me liking Marvel. I was like, oh. That's good. <laughs> Nothing and wrong with that. It was uh, it was pretty good. It was there. Some of it was rather confusing because I'm not really caught up uh, onto Loki lore. This okay. is a, a new incarnation of Loki who ate the last incarnation of loki sure (laughs) from what i understand though this is actually more tame than actual uh norse mythology where loki can turn into a horse and impregnate himself so really (laughs) oh wow (laughs) as guardian bestiality but it, it pulls into a lot of the trying to make loki a good guy even though no one trusts him and so he pulls in a bunch of other people in the Marvel Universe. There's one person he pulls in who can see, who can tell if something's a lie, which is a good kind of foil for Loki because everything he says is a lie. Right. <laughs> and then they pull in, I think his name is Sigurd. Um, he's one of the first Asgardian heroes, and he's looking for ways back. And the, the whole plot is Loki is doing things for the All-Mother to get his stories in the history books changed to make him appear as a good guy. How many issues are out? I have no idea how many are out. The first trade came out, which is the first five, and I think it's it's a rather new series. Okay. I want to say it came around in February, maybe? Nah, maybe not that early. It was a little bit later. It was no, somewhere around there. I, I want to say it was February. I, I actually bought some, five too. Months, I suppose, if the, the first trade's out. Huh. I'll have to look into that. I've, I've never really read much of Thor, but uh, this different take, that sounds kind of cool. It's based off of uh, Kid Loki. It was really? after Loki died. They had a reincarnation, and they called him Kid Loki. That and might Loki... be the part I'm missing. Yeah, you look for... Uh, I think it was like 
Marvel's Fear, I think it was called, and look for Kid Loki. It's a really good story to get caught up on. Hmm. I like the character of Loki. I just don't I, know yeah. much about him. Yeah, same here. All right. Very cool. All right, who's next? I'll go for it. I'll go next. All right, <laughs> Jeff, take us away. All right. Well, like last week, I said I was going to read Rat Queen. All right, you did. Okay, uh, yeah. I finally picked it up, and uh, yeah, I loved it. Did you? Believe it or not, it was an Image comic, Rat Queen. I, for the life of me, I should have brought it with me. This was a uh, trade? Should have. Yeah, I got the trade. Okay. So it was the first five issues. I didn't know. I thought it was new. It is, actually. I mean, no, it I started... like number one new. No, no, it... It, it originated, I believe, sometime last year, about, uh, I want to say September, hmm. it started. And the story about it, it's kind of like you're going back in time, medieval times, but you're looking at sorceries real. You know, you got your trolls. It's, it's a whole fantasy world, basically. And I love it. So you, you follow this misfit fan, or misfit band, <laughs> of a female, like there's a sorcerer, you have your thief, you have a... Uh, a healer and you have a uh, a warrior basically so it's everything you need if you play an MMO <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but each of them have their own little group names and whatnot and the one we're looking at is actually Rat Queens and they're they're just taking on basically right now when you learn about it they're just causing havoc in the town and as their punishment because of what they did is they give they get missions but they weren't the only ones causing havoc, so there was a bunch of other groups that were causing havoc with them. Um, most because of a bar fight, and this happens quite often inside the story, apparently. <laughs> so they go off into their mission, and then they discover a um, an assassin attempt on themselves. And then you find out that the other groups had an assassin attempt. And then it goes into a whole mystery of what's going on, why somebody wants them dead. I mean, the whole town probably wants them dead, but they're trying to find out why. <laughs> so it's like a mind-bender thriller kind of a... But kind of, but it's it's full of comedy also. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they're like... I mean, like the the book it actually says, like, sassy sorcerers on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> sassy uh, sorcerers. They, they just talk smack the entire time to each other, and then they'll talk smack to whoever they're fighting. They'll even gouge out eyes and just start dancing around with them, which is weird. <laughs> wow. But it's hilarious. It's It's something... You got to pick up and read. I really am not explaining like the pull, the full force of what this book is without giving away a whole bunch towards the end of just the first five episodes or five books. Right. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually so into it that I would actually go out and buy the next trade or try to get caught up from book five all the way up. Right. Hmm. Very cool. I know number one's available for free on Comixology. So is it really? Yeah. Yep, I almost downloaded it the other day. Well, I definitely will. I when you said that last week, I was intrigued by the name. I didn't know anything about it, but that sounds cool. And anything that has the image logo on it's gonna gonna be good. Always. I don't know why. They just you gotta pick <laughs> it up when they see it. I'm like, I'll try it. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> taste is what they've got. Alrighty, very cool. Uh, you want to go next or me? I'll go next. Okay. I read the lighthearted coming of age tale. Called the talents of Luther Strode. <laughs> Lighthearted coming of age. Very yeah. interesting choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I sat on it for so long because Jeff let me borrow it, the trade, and I wasn't really interested in it just flipping through because all the blood. Sure. But it actually works together when you read the story. It it's not as bad as it looks. I guess it makes more sense of why it's happening. Okay. 
But he's a teenage high schooler, a, a, a nerd, as they usually are in the comic books. And he gets, did he order it or he got it in the mail? He ordered it from reading one of his old comics. Was that, that's right. It was a, an article in one of his comics of the, the Power of Hercules or something like that, the yeah. book was called. So he ordered it and it, it taught you how to use your mind like beyond everything else. And basically he starts getting all these crazy powers. That's wow. pretty much just he exercises his mind so so strongly that he could pretty much do anything. And the librarian was his nemesis. The librarian? <laughs> yeah, you got to read the book. <laughs> it was good though. It was I, I don't think I've read a trade that fast before because it just kept going and going. I mean, I put I'm it down halfway to through it. to go do house chores, and then I came right back and flew you call right yourself it. a comic fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with that book. I got it as a, a Christmas present, and I ended up reading it that night. Did you really? It. it was that good to me. That's why when I brought it to you guys, I was like, you guys got to read it. Somebody's got to pick it up. It's not a quick read. I mean, there's enough uh, dialogue and stuff to, I mean, it's not just a bunch of pictures. Right. But it, it flows really good. I, I'm excited to read the rest of it. When you had originally let me borrow it, I read the first two or three pages, and I was into it, but at the same time, I had a stack of new books I wanted to read. I was like, <laughs> oh, I wonder who's going to win this battle. Wasn't Luther. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you said that they're still putting them out. Yep, they're still going on. So I'd like to read some more Luther. I think. I'm same, same way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to read it and I'll report on it next week. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what I'm bringing this week is uh, a Kickass Three. They just ended the series. Uh, what was it? Last month, a big finale issue came out. Uh, are you a fan of Kickass at all, Scott? I'm a fan of the movies. I haven't actually read the comics. Okay. Which well, is rather blasphemous. <laughs> nah, nah. No, no, you're fine. It's, uh, I mean, the movies are based on the comics, and there are a couple inaccuracies in, you know, between the movies and the comics, but for the most part, they're pretty darn close. Is Nicolas Cage in the comics? <laughs> no. <laughs> he died in the first movie. Does it take place after the second movie, or...? Yeah, it picks up where the second movie left off. And okay. when I say there are a few inconsistencies, where the third one picks up, we've there's a little bit of information that's left untold from the end of the second movie to the beginning of the hmm. uh, Kick-Ass 3 series. But it was an eight, eight or nine-part series, and uh, it was fantastic. You get to see, you know, what happens to them as they get older you know because one of my big things i always wondered you know what happens to these characters when they grow up do they keep the superhero personas do they shed them and lead normal lives what happens and you get to see the last stand with hit girl and uh kick ass side by side and what happens after that in the very final issue that came yeah, you out told me about that it was very fulfilling. There are some series that when they end, you're just like, either way, like, yeah, it was all right. But I was very sad to see this one go. So, I mean, I know we talked about Kick-Ass 3 a little bit earlier in the episode and how there's not going to be a third movie. I expect this trade's probably going to be out pretty soon now that the finale issue was out. So right. if... Uh, there being a lack of a Kick-Ass 3 movie has left a hole in your soul... Go get the comics because it's, uh, like I said, very fulfilling. It'll give you a good ending. I got a tear. A tear? <laughs> I moved you. A, a tear? My, my computer's like drenched now. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Kick-Ass, damn it. What, what am I going to say? I'll have to watch the second movie and then probably borrow those from you. 
Yeah, that's fine. Um, no, you should watch them, or Chloe will be mad. I thought the second movie was better than the first movie. Did you really? Yeah. Pluses it's- and minuses in my book, <laughs> honestly. Um, the motherfucker was a little over the top. I don't know. Was was the the was she Russian or German? The the big woman. Oh, in, Mother Russia. Was she from the comics? She wasn't in this series. Now, mind you, I've only she read. Seemed, from, she was pulled straight from the the Dark Knight, the Frank Miller's, the Batman. Oh yeah, because oh. they have the the big giant Nazi transvestite with the with the the tape on her boobs. On her boobs. Yeah, Just I forgot about that. Like that. You got some explaining to do, Mark Millar. <laughs> you know, I, I do want to go back and read uh, the original Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2 comics and see how well they do, in fact, measure up with the movies. Because, to be frank, I don't know. I don't have any idea if she was in the uh, Kick-Ass 2 series. I didn't know it was a whole series up to 3. I thought it was just kid- called Kick-Ass 3 because the first two movies came out. No, they were all uh, made from the comic. Oh. So, yeah, I want to go well, back hell. and read the first two series and see how they measure up now i know and no. knowing is half the battle <laughs> then, uh, i almost missed it <laughs> but yeah totally a good read all right well that's enough talking about comics so with that let's move into Ba-ba-ba-ba. real world heroes jack who do we have this week this week this is a this is a fun one okay his name is Hans Jorgen Olsen. He's from Norway. He was little. He's probably around eight, between eight and twelve, something like that. Okay. He and his sister were walking around in the woods, trespassing in moose territory, as they are in Norway. <laughs> oh, I know the story. Do you? I love this story too. Yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, they came across an aggressive moose, which started to uh, run at the two kids, and. Before all this, uh, Hans was a avid World of Warcraft player. So the moose began to charge at him and his sister, mostly at his sister. So Hans decided to use some of his uh, WoW skills from the game and ended up using the spell Taunt to get... <laughs> draw aggro, draw aggro. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yep. So I don't. I wish I knew how he was actually taunting him because in, in the game they kind of... What they roar pretty much, huh? Because I don't yeah. really use a tank too much. <laughs> but uh, it over worked. here, vile beast, look <laughs> my way. <laughs> it worked. The the moose began to charge uh, at him, and when the moose was charging him, he used his other spell, feign death, which is basically you just <laughs> pretend to die and fall on the ground, kind of like a rabbit does when it feels it's in danger. Yeah, or an opossum, <laughs> or those goats. Have you seen oh, those goats? Oh yeah. <laughs> Just freeze up and fall over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once he, he feigned death, the moose just kind of lost interest and turned around and left. Wow. And he it, saved his sister in the process. Yep. That's incredible. It's so crazy. I was thinking of a totally different story now. Oh, that wasn't the one? I, I know this story. I okay. heard this one too. Well, now everyone one. wants to know what How you're talking about. moose stories are there? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was another one where this guy, uh, I guess... He was going to be attacked. I want to say it was a wolf, actually. And instead of, you know, doing what he does, like a lot most people will freak out, they'll run away, or they'll flare their arms at it. No, no, he uh, popped off his headphones and blared black metal, and the beast kind of ran away. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's pretty amazing. The power of Satan compels you! (laughs) 
Wow. But at the end with a uh, good old Hans, who says video games makes troubles kid troubled kids? He does say that? No, who does? Oh. Looks like they say. made a hero out of this kid. Well yeah, any of you kids who are getting hassled by your parents about wasting time on Warcraft, inform them of this story. It's not a waste of time. You could be using these skills to save yourself from a uh, rabid m- moose. Or uh, scream at them and feign death. All right, and for that, Hans Olsen, you make it onto our wall of justice in the Hall of Heroes. So, congratulations. All right, let's move into our stories. Jack, you have something on Microsoft? Yes. Microsoft researchers are working on a game solution that hides latency, latency by trying to predict what you'll do next, and they're calling it DeLorean. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So Uh, how's this thing work? It's able to mask up to 250 milliseconds of network latency by rendering frames of future possible outcomes and sending them ahead of time. Essentially, based on your historical tendencies and recent behavior, DeLorean tries to predict your actions, render them, and send them to your device in advance to improve your perception that the game is more responsive. Sorry. For actions that are harder to predict, DeLorean queues up multiple possible outcomes and displays only the correct one. So it... I'm, I'm confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> so apparently it's supposed to like move five steps ahead of you. Think of first-person shooter games. Okay. You're going to go in... You can either go into the room or you can go to the left of this building that you're seeing. Now, what it's trying to predict is like if you do go in that room, it's going to be ready for you. Like There's going to be maybe three soldiers there. Or if you do go to the right, the three soldiers may be coming out the side. So it's trying to predict that before you even get to the door. Like, are you going to choose to go in or are you going to choose to go to the left? So it's throwing you curveballs throughout your game. No, it's just it's trying to be ready for you so that when you go through the door, you're not just going to sit there and stare at a blank wall and all of a sudden be dead. Like when you're playing Halo and there's guys just bouncing, flickering all across the place. It'll kind of oh, keep see. that a little smoother for you. Okay. So instead of seeing it flicker, it'll actually uh, it'll predict where you're, you'll aim following that guy, I guess, to get right on him. Hmm. You're, it's weird. I, I'll get there. It's just, uh, <laughs> you don't, we don't have to bore everyone educating me. <laughs> <laughs> everyone leave a tweet and then let him know. It still requires five times as much bandwidth and standard cloud gaming systems do so it's not ready for oh, okay. yeah so okay still a prototype yep i'm just gonna have to take your word for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> your brains hurt a little bit but we'll get past that because we're moving into clerks three you fan of clerks scott i am did you know that the third one was written i know kevin smith has been talking about it yes well, he, he talks a lot he does talk a lot. He does talk a lot. But his position on Kickstarters. What's that? His position is that if you are as famous as as big as a person as he is, you shouldn't be using Kickstarter because that's for people who can't afford to do it. Oh, really? He said that? Yeah. And it was because people wanted him to use Kickstarter for Clerks 3. And he said, I don't need to do a Kickstarter. I You... He, he said, I have the fans. I have the... I can go out and get the money I need. Kickstarters for small people who need the money. I was a big fan of that. Look at uh, I can look at it both what two ways. Because look how he did the first movie. I mean, he did a lot to get that movie done. That budget was really small. Maybe like uh, it's like ten grand, I think, something, something like, like that. that yeah. yeah, very small. And the second one was like three million or something. 
Yeah. And he was asking six million for the third one. And the Weinstein brothers, who have funded the pa- or funded the second one, said, "You know, we're not f- uh, giving you that money, but we'll <laughs> definitely put the movie out for you if you can get it funded." So he's uh, announced that he is going to make the movie, but there's no idea where the funding's coming from yet. And I was thinking to myself, "Well, hey, Kickstarter, but now that you said that, Scott, like, where is this money going to come from?" Maybe he has piles of it somewhere. That he's <laughs> His bed's made of it. Yeah. Well, just disassemble the bed and use that. This is this is my dogma money. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of his discography. I'm excited to see Tusk. I hope it's good. Did you see, apparently he boycotted his own movie once because he just wanted to see the people who are boycotting it? I love that. The newscast. It's so great. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what you're that, talking yeah. about. For dogma. Uh-uh. He was like putting a sign up. He's talking about how he put like dogma as dog shit. <laughs> his, his hometown, the church in his hometown was boycotting his movie because he's he's grew up Catholic and dogma was not a Catholic. Oh, I see. That yeah, so, was a big poke at him. He right. to go kind of people expected him to be there because he was from the town, so he just went there with a sign. And then the newscast, and he's he's putting down his own movie. It's great. I'm yeah, gonna have to look that up. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I saw on the YouTube uh, on YouTube. Somebody has a news report of that day. Really? Yeah, from the VHS? Yeah. I'll throw it on the website. Yeah, I want to see yeah. that for sure. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Gotta love Kevin Smith. Oh, there's trailers for Husk out, or was it Tusk? Tusk. Yeah, there's trailers for that out. I was guys. I forgot to put that on the website. Yeah, I, don't I even think know they much about it. Let one up at uh, Comic Con. Yeah, probably. San Diego. It's. From what I have read, it's like some crazed writer or something captured this guy and is trying to turn him into a walrus. Isn't that a Stephen King book? <laughs> I know, right? It sounds, <laughs> sounds like, like a cross between uh, Human Centipede and Misery. Oh, yeah. Misery. That <laughs> Actually, was a yeah. good movie. Because he's a news reporter and he goes to get this report on that guy. And that's when it all starts. Like it's drugged in the very beginning of the trailer. And you just see him start... Screaming oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I did remember seeing that. I can't wait. I think it'll be good. This is her first horror movie, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And he's also announced that when Clerks Three is made, it'll be his last. But I thought I heard him say he was done making movies before uh, Tusk yeah, I heard was even that out. a while ago. So, who knows? I'd be happy if he just kept them coming. That was like after Geely. Oh. Geely. <laughs> Well, you want to go out on a high note, you know? <laughs> Can't end with that one. Anyway, that's all I have on Clerks. Jeffrey, you had something on a uh, item that sold for a rather high amount of money lately. Yes, actually. The uh, first action comic featuring Superman and Lois Lane in the first adventure. Mm-hmm. Sold for $3.2 million. That is fucking crazy. On eBay. Yeah, I know. I was, I was pretty shocked, too. It's actually considered the high, the, the most expensive comic book ever sold on eBay. I, I forgot to bring that. it to the show to show it to you guys. What's that? I forgot to bring it here to show it to you guys. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you can buy that, you better throw some of that money toward the show. <laughs> we need new microphones, damn it. <laughs> I was going to re-auction it and then with that money. I'll double my money. <laughs> yeah, the, the comic was in really pristine... It was. I saw it was graded like number nine or something like that. It so better it's pretty be in much good very condition fine to condition. spend that much yeah. fucking money. My God. Like normally when they found the comic, it was yellow. There's a yellow tint to it. Right. Just because of time. This was actually still white. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
There's only, what, like, seven or eight of them left in existence. One of them is at the Smithsonian. So this guy may have, like, uh, the second best condition in the entire world. Didn't you say Nick Cage had one? Yeah, I think I heard I that somewhere. That was stolen. Maybe you said that last week. He needed money. He sold it? I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a whole thing where Nick Cage was selling all of his stuff because he needed money. Wow. Oh, as man. many movies as he does, I wouldn't think money would be an issue, but... Is it after The Sorcerer's Apprentice? No, it was after Drive Angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, lay off. I like Nick Cage. Yeah, He's yeah. all right. He's all right. Now, if he would have gotten the role of Superman, we might be having a different conversation mm, right now. Yeah. Yep. He, Nicholas Cage had sold his for two point one million. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Where are these people that buy this stuff? Who's got know. this money to spend on a comic book? Because you get it, and it's just like, okay, it, I've got it. Yeah. I'm gonna put it in the drawer now. Jack can't can't read it. It's stuck in the little case. It's just a. Oh yeah, you can't even look at it, can you? I wonder if it's vacuum sealed. It's oh, in the the whole probably. the whole case that they they do the ratings in, so you can't even open it. Yeah, it's like a sealed. Uh, those right. really pain in the butt things to get open. It's on one of those. I, I know what you're talking about. I want to get that done with my Stan Lee signed book behind me, but uh, the book itself is not in great condition. <laughs> I would get it rated and be like a three or something. <laughs> It'd be Stanley's signature would be more valuable than, than the book. <laughs> but anyway. All right, was there anything else in that? Nothing much. They couldn't even find who the guy was that bought it. They didn't mention the name. Was it Anonymous? Yep. It was Mr. E. <laughs> I wouldn't give my uh, information out. Edward Nigma. If he can spend $3 million on a comic book, imagine what the rest of his life is filled with. Billion, wasn't it? No, yeah. it Million. Million. Oh, was it million? I thought it was three. Okay. Yeah, billion? I'd be looking this guy up just to smack him. I mean, yeah, yeah. I lost three million dollars because I bought a comic <laughs> right. book. Here it is. Here's his name. Richard. Dixie Normus. That's a weird... <laughs> How did you get that name? Man, you're fast. Hugh Chass? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I ever see this Hugh Chass, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I would just ask him. Do you regret it yet? Yeah. <laughs> no? Well, I haven't you even will. got it yet. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I'd have been regretting it already. Moving on, I have one final thing, and I kept this from you today because I was oh, so yeah. excited by it, and I think you'll be excited too, as well as a lot of people. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy, Scott? Twice. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so, needless to say, you were a fan. I had to take my kid to see it the second time because it was amazing. So you probably remember the end of the movie, the scene uh, like during the uh, credits rolling where Drax is sitting there like cleaning his knife and there's a baby Groot in a pot dancing to a Jackson 5 song. The best scene in the movie. <laughs> exactly. And Marvel even released that clip out to the public just because yeah, it was I so popular. But the first thing that came to our minds when we saw it, we're like, I've got to have that. I want it. Mm -hmm. And now... You can have it. There is a dancing baby Groot toy on its way out. Is it the pop vinyl one? It's the pop uh, one. Oh. What? No? I'll get it anyway. There's also I don't that like other those. one by that, that company that does the really nice um, replicas. They're coming out with one that you have to get the, the Groot and the, the rocket uh, figures, and you get the, a 1 8 scale dancing Groot, but. That one has monthly payments to buy that. Wow. What? It's like monthly payments of $100 to get those. Is that Holy that sideshow place? 
I think so. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you get us each nice one though. there, Jack, if you can afford an action comic? <laughs> I just bought the action comic. I'm broke. <laughs> but it was just last week a picture of this uh, went up on Instagram, and I guess the website crashed because so many people were trying to get it. But uh, the pop one does not actually dance. It's just a bobblehead. But if there's one out there that will actually dance, it's not hundreds of dollars. I would love to have one. Yeah. You know, remember in like the late 90s, like the craze of the dancing Coke cans and the dancing... Sunflowers. Yeah. Yep. How, how hard is that to apply this to that concept? I think somebody took one of those apart and made one because there's a fan-made dancing Groot out yeah. there. That, is it really? Yeah, it's really good, yeah. Yep. That probably wouldn't be hard to do to make one your own. No. Didn't I mention on the last show when we talked about Guardians, I was like, somebody's going to make it, like the Sunflowers? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Actually, now you say that. <laughs> It was only a matter of time. As soon as everyone yeah. saw that, everybody wanted one. So I, I can't I, wait to have a dancing Groot in the studio here. That'd be awesome. I found the uh, the one eighth scale one. So oh. you, it's the the Hot Toys Rocket Raccoon and Groot figure set, and it's three hundred and sixty dollars. That's about right. <laughs> I bet you I can make one that look better than the uh, than the pop one. I don't like that pop stuff. I don't either. Make typically, it out of real wood. What's that? Make it out of real wood. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Maybe. Again, I will say, if a different version comes out than the pop one, I will get it. Yeah. But uh, the pop one was the first one I saw, and I thought, well, that's as close as I'm going to get, probably. So I'm sure Marvel Surface, somewhere between pop and $350, hopefully. But It'd be stupid not to. <clears throat> yeah, you can make a killing off that. Maybe it'll be a collector's edition DVD. It'll come with a collector's edition DVD. Oh, like the pre-ordered things where there's a prize in the box, yeah. like at Walmart and stuff. $157 probably. <laughs> yeah. Still better than 350 or whatever that was. That's true. That's ridiculous. Finance a stupid group. <laughs> they need to make one with that, like you guys are talking about, the ones that just fit on your dashboard or whatever. Because then right. they could film a commercial with the guy who played Merle, and he's got all the stuff on his dashboard, and he can put it there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll get I'll get one of the pop ones for sure, probably. I mean, what are those, like 10, 15 20 bucks. bucks? 20 bucks? Yeah. Are you serious? Is that yeah. stuff really? That's not that expensive, is it? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe I'll just be looking. I'm look and see how much that stuff is. Yeah, I always just stop and look at the figurines, but I never see how much they are, because I'm never like, well, I'm going to walk home with one of these Mike, today. Look, it's him. Look, it's him. Yeah, just, <laughs> right. I'll pick Comic. it up, look at it, and go. <laughs> anyway. That's all I had on that. I expected a bigger reaction out of you guys, but... Uh, oh, I had saw him already. I knew it was coming. What a dancing group figure. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks for humoring me, Scott. I appreciate that. I try. There's a new twinkle in his eye. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have story-wise. So with that, let's just jump into talking with Scott about Unconscious, the Grim Sleeper. So I, what? I made this. What's that? Uh, it's, it's a bad inside joke I have from TampaCon, where the person next to me, her whole sales pitch was, I made this. And she <laughs> I would do the same thing, actually. Yeah. And it worked so well, and I was just sitting there, what? I'm glad you explained that, because for a minute I was like, you sure did, Scott. Now let's talk about it. People <laughs> up and go, you made this? And I'm you're an artist, Alley. Everyone here made this. <laughs> She's like, I know what works, and this works. So where did the idea for uh, Grim Sleeper come from? So as all good stories should start, this happened at a bar with a girl that I was trying to impress. It was about four years ago. And being a nerd with not much interesting qualities, 
I, uh, I was sitting there trying to doodle things on napkins to impress her. And after going through the, the basics, oh look, I drew you. Oh look, look at this. I, I drew a Grim Reaper because I was losing it. I was like, this is it. <laughs> and I drew it and she looked at me and said, that's stupid. And here we are right now. That's uh, four years later. That's that's brutal for a first date. Yeah. That's stupid. Spite, spite is a reason to do anything. Oh, amen, <laughs> yeah. brother. <laughs> so tell us about these characters. Where did you, I mean, where did so, the inspiration for the characters come from, the storyline? The characters officially came in during a German class at George Mason. I was sitting there bored because it's German. When am I ever going to use that? <laughs> and I was, I was going off that idea of, Stupid Grim Reaper, huh? I'll do something stupid. Maybe I'll... And this was before I had read The Sandman, so I felt really stupid six months later. <laughs> but so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll make... I'll make If, if death is something that can happen and there's a, a figure related to it, I'll make sleep and itchiness. And I went down basically everything that could happen to you in nature has a grim to it. Okay. So the grim sleeper, the grim creeper, the grim reaper, the grim... Reefer, I suppose. <laughs> you guys just go down the list. I, I have, they're all named in the typical Transformers G.I. Joe style of they're named after what they do. What's like Cliff Jumper going to do in this episode? Oh, he jumped off a cliff. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's he, he drove a bus this week. And cuts and bruises and um, respiration and frostbite. At what point did this story go from G being something that was just uh, spiteful to like, hey, I think I've got something here? It was probably around Halloween of the first year. The uh, When I started, I was just kind of trying to do as many jokes off of the premise as I could. Right. And that slowly starts to become, I've kind of dug this into the ground a bit. What am I going to do next? And it was around Halloween where I decided I wanted to do something special every Halloween because a lot of web comics do something special on Christmas and right. Skeletons and Christmas has already been done by Tim Burton. So what was I going to do? Halloween. Mm. Very nice. So, so every Halloween I had this, this idea that he would find a... So every Halloween, the every magical creature loses their magical abilities. Okay. And there's only a select few who know why, and it has to do with keeping back a being that shouldn't exist. Every Halloween, that magic has to go to keeping him in prison. Okay. So, unconscious being a cynical, greedy son of a gun who hates his older brother and sees his older brother as one of the people who put this in place, decides he's going to try and stop this whole practice from happening. And so every Halloween, he has to find a piece of a crown. And once all these pieces are together, whoever wears that crown can make the rules of what happens that day. There's six pieces, so that means there's going to be seven years of his story, because when you wake up something that is going to cause the apocalypse, things happen. Sure. Right. But the, the premise that I like to tell people when I'm trying to, to push it, besides I made this, is <laughs> it's, it's a lot like Pinky and the Brain with skeletons. Okay, I can see that for sure. Yeah. It's my main character is unconscious. Not that he's sleeping, but his name. Right. And he hates his older brother, Death, because he sees Death as someone who gets all the respect and the fear, and everyone knows the Grim Reaper. 
and people either ignore or abuse sleep. So he's always trying to become something worse than death. You can figure his life isn't very interesting because he's just dealing with sleeping people. Right. So he's always trying to one-up his brother by getting these magical artifacts. There's a lot of research that he does that I don't really show in the comic. He's trying to prove that if he had all of the power death had, he could do it better. Very cool. Yeah, I, I remember reading something like that. Yeah. We haven't, uh, I haven't got a chance to read everything you've sent us. And thank you, by the way, for sending us all those PDFs. They are, uh, it's fantastic. So thank you. The name of your, your podcast is very dear to me because it was at TampaCon again, where it was towards the end of the day. And I was getting kind of frustrated because everyone was going to, to some, something else. It was like a, the cosplay thing. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm trying to sell you something that's free online. Buy this air. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to sell a book. <laughs> Very cool. So this book is available in the, is it a daily post? I update every Monday and Friday. Every Monday and Friday. So it works out pretty well because you figure there's about, there's 52 weeks a year. I take two weeks off for guest comics so I can get the book ready. Sure. So 50 weeks equals 100 comics a year. 100 comics is a 100-page book. It, Look, I see. So it's a new page out of this story every... Yeah, a new page hmm. every Monday and Friday. So your uh, people are just along for the ride like a TV series or something would be. I had people very upset at me at the end of year three. Why is that? It was one of those things where I, I, I have a few very dedicated fans. And at the end of book three, something happens to the sidekick character Itchy the Grim Creeper, who's everyone's favorite character because he fulfills the Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab role, the Gurr from Vincent's <laughs> role, the I'm the idiot that you keep around because I'm hilarious. Okay. And something happens to him, and I have been told I'm a terrible person. So... <laughs> I know reading the last book, it kept referencing that, and I, I didn't read ahead to find out what had happened. Yeah, I kept seeing uh, people talking about Itchy, and I was yeah. like, man, I missed I missed who Itchy was. Now I have to go back and read that, too. He'll he'll be back. You well, I guess no one spoilers. ever stays uh, dead comic. in the comics. What, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was I what, thinking? You can see what his new design is. Um, I designed this poster the other day. I don't like drawing other people's characters. I go to conventions, and I try and push my characters. I don't like drawing Batman, trying to sell people Batman. Yeah, exactly. What's and the so point? I, I've tried to stay away from that, even though that's the money-making part of being an artist. Wow, it's hard yeah. to sell people something new. It's easy to sell them something they already like. Sure. But the other day, it, was, it wasn't the other day, it was about two weeks ago, I decided I'm going to draw my characters in cosplay. It's awesome, too. I've seen it. I think I... Did I see one as a Jedi? Yes. Did I see Unconscious I, as a Jedi? No, it's um, not as a Jedi. I did, um, I did Han and Chewie. I tried to do team-ups because they're a team. So I've okay. got Mr. and Dee, Dee Zim and Gurr. I have Cable and Deadpool because that's a great team that no one sees. <laughs> Who else do I have? I have a few others. Uh, Buzz and Woody. Any any team oh, up that I can think. And that one, if you look at those pictures, you can see Itchy's redesign for when he comes back. It's He's totally revamped. And it was really kind of a struggle within me to go, do I spoil this now or do I wait until he comes back? And it was... I need to practice drawing him now so he's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. That's awesome. I'm about to look at the rest of those. I only saw like one of the Star Wars, so I'm excited to see that. I think that was a good idea, man. I'm you know, doing your own characters right now where if people share the post on Facebook, one person will win the poster. 
Because I've, I've, I've printed out a big two foot by three foot poster of all of them. That's what it was. Yeah. That's I saw that post. Yep. I had to make it huge because there's a, there's a punchline to each cosplay because he's he's referencing something. Oh, I see. Like a uh, line referencing the character they're dressed up as or something. So it, Itchy, uh, when it's Buzz and Woody, Itchy's dressed up as Buzz and the helmet's closed over him. And Itchy is a tree in his new reincarnation. And he's running around saying, I can't breathe. It's closed. There's no air. And... <laughs> And unconscious is sitting there, itchy. You are a tree, Reverend <laughs> And he goes, you breathe out of this leaf on the back of your neck. You know, being a tree in a Buzz Lightyear outfit would probably be beneficial because, I mean, wouldn't the globe work as like a, what do they call those, terrarium or a... I guess if, if it's a uh, greenhouse. Like, well, greenhouse effect, yeah. <laughs> I, I have them as the doctors and Itchy's got an actual screwdriver instead of a sonic screwdriver. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have them dressed as Sonic and Tails, and that was cool. the weirdest one I had to do because Sonic and Tails don't wear clothes. Right. Yep. So except I had, for shoes. Yeah, except for <laughs> shoes. So I had to make their their robes the, the skin of the animals. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have them eating uh, chili dogs, which back when, when I grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog, he had that TV show on something. It was like Saturday morning Sonic the Hedgehog. And he yes. was with chili dogs for some reason. I could never figure it out. But to me, that Sonic the Hedgehog is, I love chili dogs. Yeah. What, uh, <clears throat> what year was that cartoon? I think, I think it was either late 80s, early 90s. It was back yeah. when they still called him Dr. Robotnik and not Dr. Eggman. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's old. They had the <laughs> chicken. When, they had the was, guy with uh, the... Uh... Urkel was the voice. Yep. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Steve, Steve Urkel? Urkel was Steve Sonic's Urkel. voice. Yep. What? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You learn something every episode. You really do. I did not know that. Holy cow. My life is better for being here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your website is timeforhugs.com, yep. correct? Timeforhugs.com. How'd that come about? So when I first started, I was and still am a starving artist who didn't have a lot of money to spend on websites. And so I went to a bunch of my other starving artist friends because as a starving artist, I know a lot of starving artists. And I said, hey, you want to split the cost of a website and we can all host our web comics on the site? Because I've seen a lot of other sites try and do it and be fairly successful. Right. And even even Penny Arcade kind of does that now with their four different comics that they have going. That's and a good so idea. I, I thought it was, but all of my <laughs> artist friends are kind of lazy good for nothings. <laughs> if, if you're listening, lazy good for nothing artist friends, you're not lazy good for nothings. But it's by the end of the first year, I had a hundred pages and they had given me nothing. Oh nothing? So it, was, it was sort of a I'll take this whole thing because no one else is using it. Well. And name the name came from I had drawn a picture of Itchy on fire with his arms out and it said time for hugs <laughs> and that's where the name came from itchy spontaneously combusts quite a few times it's you figure if you're scratching hard enough you're gonna have some friction there and you'll blow up <laughs> yep i get it very nice <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna make it work now that he's a tree but it'll it'll work hmm. he's his own back scratcher one of my favorite. Well, I don't know how he's going to survive being on fire if he's kind of. Oh, <laughs> but the uh, the one thing I really love about Itchy is he's got a colony of bugs that live inside of his head. Oh man! <laughs> and I, I, I have this whole. Um, it's a parody of the Wrath of Khan, where my character Connell um, puts a mind control bug in Itchy's head, and it gets lost inside the city that's inside Itchy's head of other bugs. I wondered if that was a parody of something, Connell. The. When I first started, I was trying to do a few parodies, 
And as I started to write, I realized my parodies were becoming more than what they were parodying. <laughs> so Con-El started off as a bad reference to Khan from, from Wrath of Khan. Right. He slowly became this figure who wanted to bring the... My universe takes place in the modern day, but with fantasy characters. So I've had to explain where the elves are now, where the dwarves are now. And of course, there's not as many of them left. Right. So Con-El's whole thing is, I want to get all of the different elves who are spread throughout the world back together. And so he became more than just the, I'm an arrogant jerk face type character. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear William Shatner yell, Con-El! I, I have... <laughs> Unconscious says that on page 223. No, 100, 123. He says that. Having a website that I can put just a bunch of different things on, because if it was just my webcomic as the name, I could kind of almost just stick to that. But as time for hugs, I can do pretty much anything I want. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. And my sister, who's 12, started doing a webcomic because I guess she saw me doing it and thought she could do better. <laughs> Not always the way with siblings. <laughs> and it's called Jurassic Dork. And it is the most hilarious thing I have ever read. Wow. Is that it, available for people to read anyway? It is. It is. You have to go to the um, the More Comics button on the website, <clears throat> and you can see all the different stuff I've got on the site. That must have been where I saw it, because that sounds really familiar. And the one that, that had me going that I was like, I, I, I knew I had to put on the website was it's a, it's a female velociraptor and a male velociraptor. And the female Velociraptor's going, Harold, stop beating the kids. And the male Velociraptor has eggs that have been cracked into a bowl and he's got a whisk. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dark that I, I was done. <laughs> That's fantastic. So it, are there like one-shot comics? or yeah, she does mostly uh, single panel. I think she's starting to do multi-panel. So the, much reading to do. Yeah. There's 363 pages of Unconscious right now. Wow. Man. How do you find the time, my friend? It's a, it's about three to five hours a page. So That's dedication. That's it's, like the I've, show. I've never missed an update. Well, yeah, but he puts out two pages. It's well, true. Oh, yeah, that's true. We only do one a week. Yeah, my, uh, my hat goes off to you. I wish I had that kind of time. That'd be awesome. It became, after the first year, it became more of a... I started to owe it to my character... Because it's, as I've been writing this, this book has gotten me my current job working at a middle school. I got it because I was talking to someone like, yeah, hey, I do comics. And they said, oh, you want to work at a middle school teaching comics? I'm like, yes, I do. Oh, wow. Wow. And, I wish my middle school did that. No kidding. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, com and the comics done a lot more for me as well. It, um, there was a comic book store down in Tampa who paid for me to go to TampaCon because of it. So it was, it's gotten me so far that at this point, Unconscious is a kid to me, beyond my actual kid to me, who's asleep, hopefully. Right. <laughs> I owe him an ending. Sure. So it's it's sort of a, I have to get these seven years done because he deserves it. Right. That's very cool, man. That's that's freaking awesome. And, you know, not only that, but, you know, when you, you said you have some loyal, dedicated fans, when you have those fans under your belt, it, it becomes more of a responsibility yeah. than than a hobby you know you feel like because there's been so many weeks you know we've done this show and like oh i, I don't want to edit it tonight maybe i'll just let it go yeah. for the week but at the same time you're like well i know these people are listening and these people are listening gotta get it done 
It's funny I, how your own projects uh, become a, uh, a shackle on your legs sometimes. <laughs> I have been called out by my fans for not, for missing something in my own story. Really? I, um, so during Halloween, like I said, they lose all their magical properties. So the Grimms can then be seen by mortals because they're no longer magic. Okay. And one of Unconscious's main focuses in life is before he became unconscious, his wife was in a coma and he became unconscious to wake her up. Oh, wow. And so he could never see her again. And that's kind of where his anger comes from, because the, the next time he saw her after that was when death was taking her away and he had to try and barter away with that. So that's another reason why he hates death. But oh, someone, called me, someone called me out and said, why didn't he just go visit her on Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there staring at the screen wondering why didn't he just go visit her on Halloween the answer I have and it's it's caused me to make something I call Unseeversity which is a special I do that every time there's a question that's raised about the universe that I can't explain in the comic mm -hmm. I'll have this little thing called Unseeversity which is explaining something that I couldn't explain in the comic so what I the, what, the way I worked around this one that I hadn't quite thought through was he spent the first couple of decades of his new life ignoring his responsibilities and studying everything he could to try and bring Penelope back. So he didn't even know about Halloween until it was too late. Oh, hmm. there you go. <clears throat> See, you covered your ass very nicely right there, Scott. <laughs> It's, it's very nice, though, because I, it's, I feel like I'm, I have to be responsible about my own canon now. Sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, probably your editing process probably got a lot longer after that. <laughs> I, I was called out on Reddit the other day, and I've stopped going to Reddit because of this. But one guy told me my comic was terrible because it wasn't funny. He used words that were different than that. Um, and so I asked him, well, how much did you read? And he said, I read 15 random pages. Oh, come on. And, and so I read 15 random pages of a 360-page story, and, you, you're, and he said, oh, uh, it, it was a story? I don't, I've never read a webcomic that's a story. It's, it's, I only read ones that have the punchline in them. And so I'm sitting there thinking, but the, the punchlines in the comic relate to the narration. It's, you have right. to, uh, So it started off with me feeling very kind of hurt by the, you didn't find it funny? To me being more upset that I had listened to him in the first place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't understand the person who takes the time to, one, you know, they tell you they've read 15 pages, and then they're going out of their way to take the time to sit down and write an email to you. Whether or not they know in their mind it's had an impact on them, it, it has, you know. Mm -hmm. Take that as a, somewhat of a uh, compliment, I would. I mean, what, I know it's hard to look past his words, but... Uh, what he had said, after I had said, um, you read 15 pages of a 360-page story and, and have an opinion on it, he said, I only have to take a bite of an omelet to know whether or not the omelet's been properly made. Jeez. What's this guy's point? It's I mean, nowhere related. It hurt. It hurt. And it's, it was one of those things that Scott Kurtz, who does a PvP online, if you read that webcomic at all... I have not. He did, mm -hmm. he did a book... And he's one of those webcomic artists who's done it since 2001. So he's one of the wow the people who make a living off of their comic. Because any almost everyone who's been doing it since 2001 seems to have it down to a science. He wrote in his book, How to Make Webcomics, that the best time to judge a webcomic is the third year. 
all so the story and the characters have time to develop and everything and so the the artist has time to develop my first book i look back at it and it's not anywhere near what i'm i have now i've learned how to make comics i've learned how many words i should put into a word bubble i've learned how to draw my characters since i've drawn his ugly mug about a hundred thousand <laughs> and i look back on it and i look at the first book and i'm proud of it but i can see it's it's rough and it's not something I'd ever redo. People have always looked at me and, and said, well, if you want to get it to a real publisher instead of self-publishing, you're going to have to redo your first book. And yeah. I looked at it, and I don't want to pull a George Lucas. I, no. this, yeah. this is where now came from. Exactly. It's a crucial building block to the overall project. It's like the first few episodes of this <laughs> this podcast there but they're bad episode of star trek the next generation it's not it's not a very good episode look at season one of the simpsons i mean oh uh, yeah that's kind of rough to sit through nowadays not that i i won't i love the simpsons are you with the uh, the the thing in a few months where you can watch every episode online Oh, I didn't know they were going to be online. I didn't know about that either. They're doing a, I think it's six bucks a month. They're Netflixing it, but it's every episode of The Simpsons online. They're copying the Netflix model. Oh, I see. Ah. Okay. But it's only Simpsons. So you can sit down on Halloween and watch every Treehouse of Horror. I like that. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it does. I like that idea. (laughs) I've got the DVDs up to season 11, and I don't know. I think that's where it starts to slip a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of years I don't have there. A lot of them I haven't seen in the later episodes. So, yeah, I'll have to look into that. But anyway, let's not stray too far away from the Grim Sleeper here. So it's going to last the same amount of time. I'm going to think it's great. (laughs) I actually have an eighth year planned if there's enough want for it. Because seven years is the end of Unconscious's story. But the way I have the Grimm's... The fun part in all this has been making a universe that makes sense. So the Grimm's are a police force. They're not around all the time. They're just around when you're breaking the rules. So death is only around if you're supposed to die and you're not. Unconscious is only around if you're supposed to sleep and you're not. Itchy's only around if you're supposed to itch. and Some are important, some aren't. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and but as with all police forces there is a mortality rate if you can break the laws of nature you can probably combat the people enforcing it so unconscious when you start reading you'll find out he's the third of every un- uh, he's the third of the unconsciouses it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and so i do have his replacement planned she's a character in the book now i won't spoil any more than that but I'm looking at it right now. It's been fun. <laughs> you know, Jack? No, don't I say don't know. it. No. <laughs> that is the only one of the Grimms who's never been replaced because you can't kill the person in charge of killing. Okay. That, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I haven't even quantified Itchy's position yet. The, uh, the only other one I've sort of quantified is Respiration, the guy in charge of breathing. I've been killed every single allergy season by a troll. The same troll. Because the, the troll, is his name's like King Olfak or something, because I was trying to base off Olfactory. And every allergy season, he will go and kill that Grimm because he's tired of allergies. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, man. If only that happened in real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have a... I've had a few people make fan Grimms. So they've they've proposed a grim to me and i've sat there looking at it and um my friend matt 
of um, the, the comic book store who got me down, of Titan Comics down in Florida, he made one called Frostbite, and he gave me this two-page story about how it came to being, and I canonized it. I took I took a, one of the Unseeversities and said, here's a new Grimm. Boom. I love how this all this all started from Frostbite. Spite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So on top of being a webcomic, you also have uh, like trades out, right? Yep. And I try and make the trades something different than just the webcomic. Okay. So the trades have commentary at the bottom of every page. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I noticed that. Which is, is pretty fun because I get to point out where I drew inspiration from. I got the idea from Mike Mignola does it in, at the beginning of every Hellboy story. He has a little blurb of this is the story I got this from this is how I changed it to make sure Hellboy could punch it in the face (laughs) (laughs) that's cool and so as you read it you can kind of gather what I was trying to parody what I'm trying to do with the story etc etc so uh, if I read correctly you said to read through the book without reading the notes at the bottom and then go back through and read it with the notes was that correct yes because the notes have spoilers that's right it's kind of like DVDs then Yep. Oh, like the uh, yep. audio commentary. I, I buy DVDs anymore anyways for the commentary since I can just watch it on Netflix or whatever without it. And then there's also, I also put bonus comics in the back of all the books because of spite, because I tried to get my comic into the school newspaper at George Mason. And the first thing they said to me was they didn't want it, um, what's the word? The word that if it's a story, they didn't want a story, they wanted one-offs. So I, I made a, a black and white comic called Itchy which is just about itchy. And they're, they're one-offs, set-up, punchline, set-up, punchline, set-up, punchline. Right. And so I presented it to my school, and they said, yeah, we'll take it, but we will have the, the rights to whichever ones that you give us. You oh, can't- oh, no way. And so I said, no, forget you, I'm putting them in my book. Yeah, absolutely. And These so, are priceless characters. So spite. Spite is... <laughs> <laughs> so where can people uh, get these books? They, um, if you hit the store button on the, the website, there should be, there's a, a link to the, each of the books as well as the Zazzle store, which has, it doesn't have books, it just has random nonsense that I've tried to do on Zazzle. It's like shirts and cups and yeah. mugs. But the, the books, because of the way my self-publisher and Amazon work, the books online are a little more expensive than I'd sell them at a convention. Oh, I see, yeah. It's, it's 22 instead of 20. I'd usually sell it for 20, but because I have it under expanded distribution, they have to bump the prices. But if anyone ever meets me at a convention, because I'm usually around conventions around the East Coast area, I'll be okay. at a, a VA Comic Con in Richmond this Sunday. I'll be there with all my books. So everyone can uh, go out there and get a chance to meet the uh, spite-fueled Scott Markley. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks again for being on the show with us, Scott. It's been uh, really awesome having you on. It's it's great talking to the creators and hearing uh, where inspiration comes from. And uh, I think this is the first time it came from spite, but I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. It's probably the most <laughs> interesting uh, origin story thus far. Thank you for having me. I'm, thank you for listening to me ramble on. <laughs> we love it. And we'll also have links uh, to Time for Hugs and to your book on our website. Yes. What else do we have on there, Jack? Show recaps, trailers, pictures, 
pictures. Pictures. Pepsi <laughs> Smith getting telling bad things about his uh, his movie. Yep, that, that's going to be on there. Uh, the Candare Video Game Store, Comic Store, and Movie Store. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at Candare Pod. Find uh, us on Facebook. Give us a like. Yes, and leave us comments on iTunes. Give, give us, give us, give us, give. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, unless you guys had anything else, I'm done. Jeffrey, yeah, nothing. Scott, um, I love you guys. <laughs> and with that, I'm Jeremy Colley, Jack Doherty, Jeff Holcomb, Scott Markley, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. The T-Rex is 32 miles an hour. T-Rex? Mm-hmm. You said you've got a T-Rex? Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. Wow. Put your, put your head between your knees. <laughs> Dr. Grant. My idea, Dr. Sattler. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.